Hello and welcome to So This Works, the podcast about life-work balance and finding a career that you absolutely love. My name is Marcus Lee and I'm your host and today I am talking to Felix Leach, a real-life stuntman based in the south of England. On this episode we talk about how he started working in stunts, we talk about some of the projects he's worked on and the risks involved in this career. This is an episode where I probably do a lot more listening than talking because I find this career choice really interesting. Just before we get into the main body of the episode, I've got a big favor to ask, which is if you happen to listen to this podcast on iTunes, what would really help me is if you could leave a quick review for the podcast. It really helps to give the podcast some attention and let people know what the podcast is all about. That would really help me. It brings attention to what we do. And so this works. So we're going to get into the episode. As always, make sure you nod your head when the beat kicks in and we'll get started with episode 20. Here we go. Felix Leach, welcome to the So This Works podcast. It is an honor to have you. How's your day going so far? Yeah, day is going nice and smoothly. How about yourself, sir? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy that I've managed to speak to you at last. Um, based on the new world that we live in now, we've never actually met face-to-face, but we have met through online networking, which is just the crazy new world that we live in. So I know a little bit about you, but for the people who don't know you, could you just tell us about your life and what you do? Okay, so I am a stuntman, um, which is a bit different to everyone else, uh, I'm aware. Um, but uh, I make my livelihood through doing movies, which can be anything from fighting in a bar to being set on fire to rolling downstairs. Um, and actually had a gig where I had to roll downstairs with my trousers around my ankles, which I may explain later on. Nice. Um <laughs> So it, it very much follows the pattern of a professional athlete. So part of your time will be performing, yeah. um, which in our case is performing on set. Yeah. Um, and that, that's fairly structured. You turn up, you, you get told what to do by the coordinator if, if you're at the level I am. Yeah. And, and then obviously you have to follow instructions and so on. And um, some days you'll be very full on. Yeah. Very first stunt day was working on Dracula. Dracula right. Untold. Yeah. And because we were doing reshoots where reshooting is where, um, as you probably would be familiar with in um, the editing world, Marcus, yeah. um, if they don't have enough footage, they don't have enough video that works to make a movie, yep. they'll get to the editing stage and they'll think, oh, oh dear, we have to uh, shoot some more stuff. So yep. they'll hire as many people as they can and they'll try and get it all done pretty quick. So we had one day um with i think 150 background extras 30 supporting action stars and um about 15 stuntmen yeah uh, plus the the double the main double for dracula and had to do all these scenes within one day so it was a lot of work to go on pretty much from uh, i'd say 9 a.m until 6 p.m yeah. like full on yeah um that's rare like most stunt days tend to be about half an hour or an hour work tops of actual like physical action yeah simply because the takes don't take very long yeah. like if you get set on fire you, <laughs> you're on fire maximum 60 seconds yeah. so 
um it's not going to be a very long gig so there is sort of other things you have to do whether it's preparing yourself or um just working out where you need to be in the costume and everything like that yeah um so that's more or less how the stunt day works out yeah and then when you're not working it's it's similar to being a professional athlete in that you spend your time training so uh if it's a particular job that you've got coming up you might do some specific training. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for example, um, in this job where I had to uh, fall downstairs, I was hired uh, to double one of the main characters in a show called Sex Education. Yeah. Now, I know you're thinking it was nothing to do with like shady forms of TV. <laughs> Yeah. As I was a bit surprised when I first went on there. Yeah. Um, I thought I was booked in for casualty. Right. I was uh, I was called up to weigh. I was literally in two hours on the day itself. Yeah. And I had to stay overnight and everything. Yeah. Um, I was I thought it was gonna be casualty because I was hired by a lady who's well known to do casualty. And I was in Wales, which is where casualty is filmed. I was thinking, I'm, I'm working casualty. I know yeah. I'm falling downstairs and I'm yeah. working casualty. Nice. And then I saw the call sheet, which is like a little sh- list of running order of how they do the day. And it says sex education. I was like, it's a bit different. Right. Um, and I ended uh, up doing a bit of recce, as you do, to just look up the show because it was in the second season already. Yeah. And um, see what it was all about. I'll leave you to watch it. Um, but anyone who watches the first, the opening scene of the very first episode of the first season yeah. will know you get a bit of a surprise. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Um, I was hired on this show to, to fall downstairs. Yeah. I mean, the reason why the guy had his trousers around his ankles, because you probably want to know, is that he just come out of the bedroom. Nice. His girlfriend says, don't run downstairs with without your trousers on. And he runs downstairs without his trousers on. Um, so this is me falling downstairs. And so my training for the two weeks prior to that was consisting of diving down hills and <laughs> diving onto mats and yeah. um, anything I could think of to mimic uh, falling downstairs. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to fall downstairs too much, actually, unless you're really clumsy. Yeah. And the other training just tends to be whatever whatever you think is relevant. There's a lot of fighting yeah. that goes on into yeah. stunts. So um, I've done bits of jiu-jitsu, karate, kung fu, wrestling, um, taekwondo, Muay Thai boxing, um, different bits and pieces that make you a good fighter. I mean, this sounds like such a boring career, Felix, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. I mean, how, 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 do you, how did you move into this career? How did you decide that, you know, I want to be a stuntman? It relates a lot to the falling downstairs. So I said, well, you wouldn't fall downstairs all the time unless you're really clumsy. And that was me as a kid. So I had zero qualification to be a stunt. I always tell people in my public talks, I'm the least likely person who would be a stuntman. Yeah. Uncoordinated, um, unskilled in sports, the last person to be picked at football team, unfit, um and pretty much like a, a teachers called me lazy right um whether i was or not is besides to see but uh, at the end of the day um i wasn't very physically apt however um i just decided when i was 12 that i wanted to be stuntman right and so i started from the very very bottom um it's a lot of fitness to start with um, doing push-ups and sit-ups and, and a bit of running. Yeah. Um, and then when I got my fitness up, I would do more specific things like the martial arts and, 
and gymnastics. I was a massive fan of Jackie Chan. So anything he did, I would do. I yeah. literally went to China in 2009 because right. um, I thought that was the way to become a stuntman. Yeah. Um, and so I picked up these skills and, and gradually got more clued up as to what to do. So um, specific skills like rock climbing, swimming, trampolining, um, and picked up these different skills. Yeah. When you're a stuntman, you need, well, at the time that I did it, you needed six skills out of about 12. And there'd be things like horse riding, diving, gymnastics, um, riding a motorbike. And you could pick these skills. Yeah. And then you'd, you'd train them up to a pretty qualified level. And then you'd submit them to a special body. And the body would register you as a stuntman. Yeah. And um in return for that you would get a list of contacts of all the the stunt people who um who who run these stunts who organize these stunts and so um these these are people who give you the job and you contact them and you say this is me this is what i want it who what i look like who i am yep and hopefully they'll hire you for the job. And then they've got all these these uh, people's measurements and images available. So whenever they get hired to do a stunt themselves, yeah. they're the ones who have to design the stunt and hire the right people. They will think, okay, I need someone who's six foot two, who uh, is this measurement, and they they're a Caucasian, let's say. Um, who can I find that fits that description? Yeah. Sometimes it will be very specific, like we need someone to double Chris Hemsworth. Uh, sometimes it will be uh, very broad. We need uh, five people who are around five foot ten yep. to be in a bar, be fighting in a bar. Um, but it's really up to your contact with these uh, coordinators yeah. that helps you get that work. And that, that's really how I started. And then after that, it's just a networking game. Yeah, Who you know, as they say. It's always about who you know, isn't it? Tell me about Game of Thrones, because I know about Game of Thrones. Millions of us mm. watch Game of Thrones, and you're probably a little bit closer to Game of Thrones than many of us mere mortals, aren't you? Yes. Um, I'm going to come across a bit as a bit of a sex artist if I explain this. <laughs> so back in 2014, uh, in my very first year, I got an email from Game of Thrones yep. to say... Uh, can, are you available in October? Can you be in a brothel scene? And my very first thought was, um, you know, I'm a stuntman, right? There's, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. And and I actually emailed them back and they said, no, it's very clear. It is a stunt job. Uh, and you'll be fighting in this brothel. And we need you to double one of the main characters in the scene. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, I'm, I'm available. As you do uh, when in the early stages of stunts, it's very much about saying yes all the time, even yeah. if you're not available. To get your foot um, in the door. To get your like, in the door, yeah. My, my philosophy, because I'm a big fan of his, is to follow Richard Branson, say yes and work it out afterwards. Yeah. So um, I got this job working on Game of Thrones. And for those of you lads out there, uh, Game of Thrones is very, very realistic. So it was a very realistic brothel. And um, and we ended up doing this fight, and we sort of they have these Christian militants who would storm into the brothel and they try and tear it apart, and they would um, be attacking the patrons of this brothel, which is uh, some of us guys. And yeah, um, and so this is how the stunt went through, and it was a really enjoyable experience. First time going to Belfast, 
um, and working abroad. And first time working on Game of Thrones, fantastic sets, like a castle somewhere outside yeah. Dublin. Um, and, and actually got some pretty ma- amazing costumes to wear as well. Luckily, I was wearing costume, I was wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my first experience. And I had a bit of a hiatus over uh, several years, was the next few seasons. Yeah. And I got called up again to do the um the pilot so the the first pilot that they did for the new season for game of thrones yeah and this was one of like the most fun things i can do i have done simply because it was really my go-to yeah so my specialty is in flexibility um and contortion and so this guy like he called me up and he said felix uh you're quite bendy aren't you (laughs) And I said, yeah, like, well, how, how do you know pretty, that? <laughs> pretty flexible. Um, <laughs> words spreads pretty fast. And by that stage, this was last year. So yeah, it was a good five years of people understanding how flexible I was. Yeah. And so, uh, he asked me what kind of, what kind of stuff I can do. And, um, I said, I sent some pictures through. So they hired me out to be this, uh, zombie like character. Okay. on the the opening um like prequel i think it was supposed to be yeah. for game of thrones where yeah. we'd all be like dead people in in the middle of this village if you know game of thrones you'll know that around about season five as well yeah they have a rising dead sequence where i can't even remember the actual place um that it's called there's this uh village that gets like slaughtered or this town yeah and they're trying to they're trying to escape by boat but then the white walkers resurrect all the people and they end up like attacking yeah um the main character and it happens a couple of times another scene on the ice where they do it again so we we're basically a similar form of this but it's not the white walkers that's resurrecting them it's this uh female mystic okay and so we had me plus a few dancers doing all these kind of weird twisty bendy stuff in in the middle of this uh, village and then rising up and um going towards the the main character and trying to attack her yeah so it involved me walking upside down um where my my legs were obviously on the floor uh my body was completely bent over the wrong way around yeah um looking the wrong way um and having to walk upside down in sort of a bridge-like position but with my hands off the floor yeah and there were rocks and there was like a ha-ha and tufts of grass and um had to completely guess where my feet were partly because i couldn't see my feet and partly because my head was upside down (laughs) and and there was this one particular memorable moment where i was going towards the um this uh this hut where the main character was and it was like it was much easier to walk faster than it was to walk slowly just because the way you were unbalanced yeah and um we uh yeah the the director and the stunt coordinator was on one side of the shot and um the idea was i'd walk out of shot i'd be able to get up and then regain my balance and and then walk back into it and the, the coordinator, who was this guy who originally called me up, he said, Felix, go, go, go to your left, go to the left. And I'm like, but that's like into the shot. And then it only took me a few moments to realize that my left was upside down. So right. I had to work out that I was going the opposite direction. Yeah. And I ended up uh, working out and then just falling over as I 
ran into the, the shot and then going back into it. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. A couple of trips again to Belfast. Yeah. Um, got to meet some amazing people. So sadly it never got printed. So oh, no one, even us will actually get to see the finished product, but um, fingers crossed, whatever they're working on now, yeah. um, will get the, the green tick and then there'll be more Game of Thrones shows coming up. Fantastic. Back in the day, many, many moons ago, I did some extra work. They call it support artist work where, you know, I got to go on set and it was fun because you spend most of the day there. You see a, a TV program that's been produced, you know, in six months time, it's going to end up and you're going to look out for yourself. But the way that you're treated as a support artist is probably not the nicest. You're, you know, you're behind the scenes. You're, you might get food after everyone else has had their food and, you know, various instances like that. How are you treated as a stuntman on set? Do people treat you as a bit of a second class citizen or do people see you as being quite important because you're so, really important to the scene? So this is where we're a bit lucky. Yeah. And it's almost like a rags to riches thing because when you are a stunt, you have to be an extra for, for quite a long time to get experience. And that, that's part of your submission to this, uh, this body. Yeah. And then you become a stuntman and it, you almost become a member of royalty because partly being um, more respected and, and higher paid, partly because um, your your physical ability is more in higher demand. Yeah. You get to eat first. Oh, um, nice. They want to make sure that you have your food before they do the next stunt and you can digest it and everything. So generally, the stunt coordinator will pitch you it, pitch in for you to get your meals first. Okay. So you're towards the front of the line um, in that respect. Um, you do get treated a bit more highly. I think actors really respect stuntmen simply because we can't do a lot of things that they can do. Although the amount of actors I've had who've wanted to do their own stunts yeah. is very common. Um, uh, there's still a divide. So there was one experience on a film where I was behind... Um, behind the the main cameras the the video screen where the director hangs out yeah. watching the playback of a stunt yeah um simply because i want to see how it was going and see whether i could improve in any way and um the coordinator gave me a big figurative dig in the ribs and said don't stand too close to the producers and um so with the producers i think it's it's sort of a different divide there's still um this uh like you still got to respect their their level and and yeah. same with the director as well yeah. like if it's a high level director you want to be very polite and uh, not speak to them directly unless they ask you to and stuff like that yeah um so so yeah like there's you're higher up in there but you still need to res respect your superiors and particularly yeah. the coordinators and directors and everyone yeah i get that i, I think on some level i just think people are, just, are still people you know Everyone has to go to the toilet. You know, someone isn't more, any more special than you are, but that's that's the way the, the world is. I just wonder, um, have you had any people ever sort of shoot you down? Um, you know, whether that's outside of the world of television and film, have you had any people in your life who you've spoken to about wanting to become a stuntman and they've either laughed at you or they said, well, no, you'll never achieve that. Have you had people who just simply haven't been in your corner and have told you that this isn't a career that's worth pursuing? I mean, you always get people saying, are you still wanting to be a stuntman? Are you still trying to be a stuntman and, and trying to talk you into getting a real job? I think my family and family's friends have known me long enough for now that I'll never get a real job. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but as far as people sort of tag me down, I had a few um, like negative comments circling around behind my back um, in the stunt industry that like all cleared up. I'm pretty much friends with everyone now, but um, that I became aware with from a nice friend, yeah. and, and rightly so. Like it's obviously. I wasn't the most coordinated or skilled at that time. So it really inspired me to work on my craft and improve my game. Yeah. Um, and in terms of people who really sort of doubted me, I think the only one I really remember, and this is almost in like a familiar way, was my cousin who at the age of 17, when I'd got over that lack of fitness stage and I was really working on the gymnastics, yeah. um, said to me, you'll never be a gymnast, you're too tall. Um, you're not fit out for like gymnastics and stunts and stuff because you're just wrong, wrong shape. Um, and I always remember proving to her and um, doing this video of me doing somersaults across the grass, which I used to do a lot at school mm. or after school and um, sending her a video on Facebook to just basically saying, I told you so, yeah. um, which is not the reason to do these things, but like, there's always going to be people who drag you down and, yeah. At the end of the day, it's about what do you want inside yeah. yourself? And if you want it bad enough, then that's more important than what other people think you can do. That's really good. And, you know, just going back on what you said there about I'll never get a real job. I do wonder what a real job is these days because I suppose <laughs> people, people assume that, you know, a real job is, is nine to five. It's sat down and it's a set salary each month and somehow enjoying yourself daily and being paid for it isn't a real job. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. I mean, it's a different kind of job. I mean, I was saying to a, a guy yesterday um, on a business podcast, stunts is still a business. It's still like being a business owner. Yeah. It's still like managing your affairs. And, and there's lots of elements to stunts that are similar to, to normal work. You still got to make phone calls. You still got to answer emails. Yeah. Still got to do your taxes. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, like there is no real job. I think, if anything, it's a spectrum. Yeah. And some jobs are a little bit more abnormal. Yeah. Um, but you always, uh, you always got to keep your feet on the ground and think, this is my work. This is my passion. Yeah. And the fact that it is my passion means I wanted to make it my work. Yeah. I've got a lot of respect for, for some people. I do think, how do you feel about putting your life at risk? Because essentially, like you say, rolling downstairs, setting yourself on fire. <laughs> These are not everyday standard things that you do when you go to work if you if you work outside the world of stunts essentially you know people do die doing stunts how yeah, do you how do you feel true. doing that um managed risk uh, i always say to people stunts isn't necessarily more dangerous than other jobs it's just we have a level of um skill to, to be able to manage that risk so a normal person can walk across the street and they're trained not to be hit by a car yeah, it's there's still a risk of death when you walk across the street, but they have the qualifications to be able to walk across the road. Um, we have the qualifications to be able to be set on fire or be hit by a car. Yeah. Um, if you're investing in a stock, you're not just going to willy nilly invest in whatever you like, um, and then it bombs and you you lose like fifty thousand um, pounds. You do your due diligence. Maybe you get a stockbroker. So it's it's about managing the risks that you see as well as you can. Yeah. And, and also saying no, if you want to, like if there's a stunt, which you really don't think you're going to come out of, let's say for example, um, it's a stunt where 
you have to jump off a building and they're only giving you a pile of boxes to land and you might say no i don't think that's wise yeah. or I, I don't personally want to do that because yeah. I, I see it too much risk yeah is there much that you've said no to so far i don't think i've ever seen it said no to <laughs> um i've been lucky that with all the actor doubling it's been fairly like touch wood safer kind yeah. of job yeah simple jobs um no i mean to date there hasn't been anything that i've actually said no i can't do this but i've had colleagues who said um maybe uh, there's not enough safety involved in this or i can't do this in this particular way because there's there's just too much like risk and danger involved yeah. i have to say i've been very lucky that i've been supported by an amazing team of friends and uh work colleagues who would speak up and say this isn't safe if something wasn't yeah cool i tell you what we're going to sidestep talking about stunt work for a second um because i'd like to know a little bit about how you think so what we're going to do felix is we're going to play a bit of a game which cool. is a game that i play with every guest who comes on the podcast and this is the game called would you rather and i'm going to give you 10 questions do with... i need a rum and coke to be able to do this? <laughs> no there's no drinking involved in fact i think it's better that you're sober <laughs> All right, <fair> <laughs> just so i so you've got a clear mind but it's just 10 questions to say what would you do would you rather do this or would you rather do that just to figure out the mind of felix there's no points for this it's just to figure out how you think so i'll give you two options every time and then i might also ask you why you've chosen this particular option so a bit of light-hearted fun so does that sound okay with you yeah, sounds good. Fantastic. Sounds really good. Right, so here we go. So, 10 questions. So, we'll go with the first question of would you rather. So, Felix, first yes. one, first one. Would you rather reverse one decision you make every day or be able to stop time for 10 seconds every day? Stop time, definitely. Why is that? Because the wrong decision is not the right or the wrong decision. The wrong decision is not making that decision. And the ability to make decisions quickly is one of the best skills a person can have so it's better to lump that decision and then like work out and fixing it will actually get you better at making decisions cool okay i like that good good answer <laughs> question two um, would you rather be an unknown superhero or a famous villain unknown superhero superhero i think um good deeds that go unknown is very much undervalued and there's nothing nicer for the soul about giving food to a sleeping person or sending someone an anonymous gift in the mail and not needing that like recognition cool i like that good answer next question would you rather run at 100 miles an hour or fly at 10 miles an hour oh it's a tricky one because i'm a massive fan of something the hedgehog and i've always seen myself <laughs> doing that um can I phone a friend? No, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd probably say fly because one of the biggest things that's cropped up in my dreams, you know, like you have superpowers, yeah. is the ability to fly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd probably go with the flying. Okay. Yeah, I think I think flying's kind of cool. It's, uh, we, we rarely do it ourselves. Next question. Would you rather lose your driving license forever or be on the no-fly list forever? Well, I don't actually fly, so it's a tricky one. Given that I would like to learn to fly, I'd say I'd rather lose my driving license because then I could obviously still learn how to fly. Okay, nice. Question five. Would you rather get away with lying every time 
Or always know that someone else is lying. Always know someone else is lying. I'm a real stickler for the truth and only wish that more people would tell the truth. And one of the troubles is that not everyone does. So um, it would, yeah, I think it's um, not to say it's something that people need to have or should have is the ability to tell someone who's lying. But um, yeah, I'd rather that than like myself. Cool, cool. Good skill to have. Next question. Would you rather be a firefighter or a police officer? I'm going to say police officer. It's a tough one, but I always used to want to be a police officer before I was set that I'd continue with the stunts. I almost wanted to be a police officer after being a stuntman. So, yeah, we say that. Okay. Although there's a lot of paperwork involved. So. <laughs> yeah, okay, a lot of paperwork. Cool. Next question. Would you rather be a millionaire by winning the lottery or by working 100 hours a week for the next year? Ooh, it's a good question. I'd like to say lottery because I'm a big investor. So I would probably invest that lottery money very quickly. Okay. Nice. Next question. Would you rather give up search engines for life or social media applications for life? Social media, 100%. I would, I would happily give up social media without would you rather. <laughs> are, you, are you on everything? Are you on like, you know, the... Facebook, Twitter, Insta. I am gradually weaning myself off everything. Um, I I am on everything. Um, I do have profiles and everything. And thanks to a glorious application called Hootsuite, yeah, um, I can post to uh, these different platforms at the same time. But the only one I really spend time on these days is uh, Instagram. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think we could all do with a tiny bit less social media. This won't be a, a real issue. Uh, next question. Would you rather know how to play every instrument or know how to spell every word in the English language? Ooh, I'm going to say instrument, actually. I have a lot of respect for um, dancers and musicians. M- magicians. Magicians as well. But magicians. Musicians. <laughs> okay. Nice. Final question. Would you rather... This is a bit of a deep one, this. Would you rather be forced to live the same day over and over again for a full year or take three years off the end of your life. Can I choose which day? Yeah. Um, it's depending on which day, really. Um, but I would say probably to relive the same day. Okay. It's slightly conditioned, though. If it was a really like boring or really terrible day, then it be, might be a bad choice. <laughs> so you're going to go for li- reliving the same day over and again, over and over again for yeah. a whole year. Yeah. Nice one. Cool. That's it. Would you rather? Nice and easy. So yeah, just um, seeing how you think, what you choose in any given situation. What's it been like in 2020? Because 2020 is unfortunately the year when COVID-19 has been a big deal. So lots of productions have had to shut down or change how they operate. What's that like in the world of, of well, what's it like for you? Because you're a stunt person. I'm, I'm guessing there's contact when you have to be working with other people, what, what's it been like working on sets when people have to bear in mind social distancing and these new measures? Working on sets has been different, obviously. There's a lot of face masks going on. Um, people will distance themselves where they can, although there's always been a recognition that it will be difficult within the film industry. Yep. Numbers have been smaller, um, particularly visiting studios when there isn't filming going on it's almost like a ghost town yeah so that that's a big thing um i've been really respectful about how well the industry's done and particularly through the last uk lockdown 
the film industry ran as normal. So that was very encouraging to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously there's a lower volume of work. So I think that's probably the, the biggest thing that's affected us. Yeah. Um, and not being able to rely on such a large volume as before. Yeah. But to have jobs still coming in, uh, many of my colleagues still working as well. Um, I think it's, it's really encouraging to show that the industry can stay strong. Yeah, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So just going back to this stunt work then. Yeah. Have you got a favourite job that you've worked on, a, a, you know, a favourite experience when you look back and you think, yeah, that's the pinnacle so far? I mean, I'd like to say the Game of Thrones one. Um, not just the actual, the the work that I was doing that was um, very much my go-to, my calling, but the people on there as well. I had a, such a hilarious time with these um, guys. Some of them were Dutch, some of them were German, some of them were English. And um, amazing skills as well as just really good personality. So that, yeah. that's been one of my favorites. But also Paddington. Paddington 2 was a fantastic job to work on. Again, doing my calling, so doing the flexibility stuff. Yeah. And it was just, um, yeah, I mean, the size of the film. I love big, big budget films, um, working with the, the cast. And my most memorable moment was literally like about to soil myself wondering whether i should go up and shake the hand of uh hugh bonneville yeah who was the the actor that i was doubling if you don't know hugh bonneville he's very famous he's been in um downton abbey yeah and a number of other shows um including paddington yep. both both paddingtons yeah and um, so he's a very high level actor and i wasn't really sure whether it was considered pc to be able to go up to him and, and say sort of thank you for your support and stuff like that yeah um, even though i was doubling for him yeah um and at the end of the stunt he went up to me and said like can i shake your hand that was some really good work nice so that that really like humbled me and um it made it was kind of like the icing on the cake it was a, a fantastic job to work on and, and really good experience so. yeah that's really good because i think yeah you get the idea that people who are famous are you know celebrities and they're untouchable or they see yeah, themselves yeah. in a, a different class but just people at the end of the day just people, just people so going forward what does the future look like for you felix um future definitely to be a specialist i'm not your henchman that gets blown up all the time so i'll <laughs> say i turn it down but um it's to be the flexibility guy so yeah. for creatures zombies definitely want to get into more horror films um, do any kind of flexibility work like the Paddington job yeah. as well. And, and basically being the guy for that all around the world. Wanna, definitely want to travel more, so I'd love to film places like Europe, yeah. uh, Hollywood, yeah. um, maybe even Australia and Asia. Uh, and I make that like a regular thing. I mean, my dream would be to travel 500 miles a week yeah. um, on different jobs and stuff. So um, that was really where I went would see it going um and then just building up my skills i suppose um but specifically in the areas which are going to help me like the hand balancing and, and everything involved in contortion because i'm a big fan that if you can be the very best at one particular thing yeah it serves the community far better than trying to be good at everything fantastic have you got any advice that you'd pass on to other people who maybe want to move into the world of stunts or like you said earlier don't want to do what we class as a real job have you got any advice to people trying to you know find their own career or find their their footing what advice would you pass on to someone who was maybe five years younger than you what advice would you pass on to, to them 
If you want to be a stuntman, get registered. That's the number one thing. Um, it's like there are different registers in different countries. If you're in the UK, there's a very um, accepted and acknowledged reg register. And um, this just means that it's going to be safer. You're around safe coordinators, safe colleagues. Um, you're much more likely to to stay in good condition, yeah. as well as having good insurance, which yeah. helps you. Um, it is harder. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of money. Um, and it's it's like a commitment. But in some ways, that's helpful, because if, if you want to be a stuntman, it really is about asking how bad do I want it? Do I want to spend five years and 20 to 30,000 pounds working on the skills to be able to qualify? Mm. Um, and then if you do, then just find, find what drives you, whether it's the martial arts films, whether it's doing parkour, whether it's uh, swimming underwater, whatever it is that you really want to do on set. And if you can find one skill that you're recognized more than anything, then that's that's really helpful. As far as as far as like just generally doing something that's off the beaten track, just listen to that inner voice. Like people will always talk you down and always say you can't do things or it's not a good idea. Yeah. At the end of the day, I always believe in, in three things. Number one, is it possible? Is it physically possible for me to do this with the amount of limbs I have, with the physical condition I have? is it possible for me to do this yeah. number two how how would i actually do this what is the the plan what is the route to get there and number three am i willing to to follow that plan am i willing to do those actions and if you are then then do it then yeah. do it there's there's always going to be a way to find um find the ability to do something yeah if if you put enough effort into it fantastic really appreciate that i think yeah like you say actions speak louder than words i think we're all really good at making plans sometimes, but it's just the following through and the acting out of that plan, isn't it? Just really following that through to the to the end, end goal. So that's really good. Um, Felix, if people want to find you online, if people want to discover more about you, could you share some social media links or, you know, just, just online places where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can find me on Instagram. It's at FlexiFelixStunts. You find all my flexible stuff there. Um, you can find me on Facebook as well, which is just Felix Leach. You'll find my um, my sort of page there as well. Um, and and yeah, that that's sort of really the best way to find me, I suppose. Um, and then you can obviously see the videos and stuff like that, and go from there. Fantastic. Well, we'll put some of those links in the uh, So This Works podcast description for this episode. So that'd be good. So yeah, people, make sure you go check out Felix. That's really good. Felix, thank you so much for coming on. We've still not met face to face and I hope we do someday <laughs> me too someday because that'd be that'd be really cool like i say you know we've all been meeting on screens and and doing things from afar but in, in a way it's kind of cool because you get to meet people that you probably wouldn't have met if, if it was just about geography so really appreciate you coming on man it's an absolute pleasure yeah well felix enjoy it the rest of your day thank you for taking part in the so this works podcast and i hope we get to connect again soon likewise take care likewise take care mate
Well, you've made it this far, so thanks for listening to this episode of So This Works. I hope these insights and conversations help to inspire you, and please come back for the next one, which I hope will encourage you in some way. For more information about the podcast, please visit the website sowthisworks.co.uk, and I hope you'll join me again soon. And until next time, take care.